Hello. Hello. We are back. Again, Two Squirrels, One Nut, the podcast where we discuss and normally just agree with each other. Hmm. Let's see if today will be any different. I hope so. I hope so. We will be discussing five topics and getting to the bottom, getting into the nitty gritty, solving these issues for everyone that listens to this. And, and only, only five them. minutes per question. And only it's five like minutes. A, a speed solution. Speed forever. dating solutions forever and ever. <laughs> you never need to discuss it again. And uh, thanks for all the messages you're sending us. We're super happy that you're actually discussing those same questions with your friends. Mm-hmm. When you're in the car, when you're in the shower, when you're having sex with your partner. Mm-hmm. You're discussing all those questions mm-hmm. uh, and talking about us and thinking about us. So we appreciate it. Definitely. Um, we're also thinking about you when discussing those questions. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, let's get right into it. Yes, I think next episode will be a listener question episode even. We have enough yes. questions at this point. Exactly. Thanks for sending in. Cool. All right. Today is my, all right. my day. It's your turn. Are you ready, sir? I'm so ready. All right. Starting this off with a little bit of a stat for you to, to go into the question to mm, give you a little context. That time. So this is a United States-centric stat, but I think it probably mm. plays out pretty similarly across, similarly across U-S-A. the world. U.S.A. Yeah. U.S.A. I mean, number one. Mm. An, an estimated 300,000 sport-related traumatic, traumatic brain injuries predominantly concussions occur annually in the United States. So basically around 10% of all high school sport injuries are concussions. Should something be done to make high school sports safer for the participants? How can I say no? (laughs) I guess it's football, right? American football mainly. So I looked at a couple lists. And they were a little bit different, but the sports yeah. that were always in every list for the top five brain injury sports were American football, basketball, and soccer or football, European football. Okay. I mean, to be, to be very honest, I, I, I think I would be insanely surprised if American football wouldn't own the, the, the vast majority of those injuries. I know you can fall on the head playing basketball. I know you can fall on the head or go head to head in soccer, but I've played it for ages and it doesn't happen a lot compared to like, you know, a sport that's based on hitting your head against someone else's head. Um, and I know that the NFL is doing a lot of a, a lot of like safety precautions and no rules and stuff like how to tackle that you don't go head to head, all those kind of things. Don't grab the face mask because it... It can have, you know, caused head injuries, but especially for kids, I think the heads and brains are still growing, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they're not as soft as like a baby's head, but I mean, they're still developing. They, I guess damage can be more severe in long term, right? Yeah. Um, and let's be honest, most of the young people don't even have that many brain cells anymore. So we got to <laughs> we gotta protect, protect what's left. No, I, I mean, obviously, I would I would say you got to make it safer. At the same time, I'm a huge American football fan, and obviously the physicality of it is what makes it exciting. 
And I'm not a big fan of all the rules that basically take that physicality out of the game. Um, but obviously, it's it's also just devastating and sad how many, especially professional players, have like long-term problems. Some die early. So, I mean, yeah, obviously, I want I want it to be safer. I think I think for American football specifically, I think, and again, this is I. I don't know how easy this is, but maybe you, maybe you have to take tackling out until there's an older age, like you know before you're 12. Maybe it's just touch football, and then flag football. But that's what they do a lot, right? With flag, yeah. flag football. Yeah, yeah. and mm. but I think maybe you still can teach tackling techniques at that age mm-hmm. without implementing yeah. them into the game, because yeah. for some reason in the statistics I looked at the majority of the concussions occurred in competition as opposed to in practice, mm, which okay. is interesting. Sense. Well, I don't know, because you spend so much more time practicing than actually playing the game. You'd think... But maybe you don't go all the way. Maybe. Uh, I don't know. That could be. But okay. outside of that, like soccer, basketball, and for, interestingly enough, girls' soccer had a higher incidence of concussion than boys' soccer. I don't know why that is, what that... Where, why where why are you being sexist? <laughs> stats cannot be sexist, unfortunately. That's why, just why, a stat. Those are numbers. Why do you say it like you know, girls, girls soccer? <laughs> I think that's how you heard more it. More concussions. No, I think that's how you okay. heard it. I think that says more about you. It's I don't know. It's kind of sad. I don't know no, how I mean, you f- I, I change those. I, I don't think, understand that. I don't. I don't get it. Why? Why is women's soccer causing more? More but but even then, I think like how do you how do you cha- how do you fix soccer from being you yeah, you can't, can't allow head balls. I, like, I think it's I, I don't know I I don't believe that this I I think it's tiny a tiny part of that statistic. Otherwise, I think the statistic is right. Or no, it's the number two sport for concussions. Yeah, numbers number two, but is football ninety nine percent and this is zero point five percent? I don't think so. No, I think it's high. I think, like, think about it. You go up for a header, you get elbowed in the head, you can fall down on the ground. It's also And a that's lot of always the... a concussion instantly? Then yeah, I had concussion, concussions concu- in my life, for well, sure. I guarantee you, you yeah. had more concussions than you know of. I saw, uh, who was it? I think it was Brett Favre talking about how all the concussions he had. He was speaking to a specialist, and they said, how many concussions do you think you had in your career? And he said some number. I can't remember the number. It was, like, maybe in the 20s or something like that. And the doctor was like, no, you got to reevaluate what you consider concussion is. You've probably had thousands. Okay, but I guess then the next question is, what is a bad concussion, right? What is a concussion that actually has a negative effect? Yeah, they're they're worse than not having a single one. But I'm just saying, like, you can play soccer without damaging your future. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, I think that's the difference between American yeah. football and all those other sports. Like, yes, maybe you had small concussions. Maybe in, 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 in medicine, you would, you would consider that a concussion. But would it actually affect you long term? Yeah. Uh, yeah. To your point of you see a lot of NFL players, once they've retired, have issues later in life. Yeah. You don't see that so much with like Bundesliga or Premier League no. or La Liga players. They, they have issues because they don't know how to handle money. Yeah, uh, but that's and maybe but that's, that's also related the same for the NFL. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. related to the brain stuff because it can balls. make you more more impulsive, more dumb. injuries. 
<laughs> the more dumb. It definitely can make you more dumber. Okay, that's time on that. More dumber. I think we solved that somehow. <laughs> okay, Just here's keep one. going. Here's one right up your alley for you. Should Uh-oh. we expect celebrities to be good role models? No. Okay, next. <laughs> I. It depends on what you call a good role model, I guess. I think we we are definitely in. There's there's definitely been a shift in how celebrities have to behave in media those days and i think it has to do with obviously social media it's crazy how often social media is part of us answering any question right but Mm -hmm. i think we're a lot closer to them so it's not that mystical anymore and and you know and, and kind of secretive um I, I think what's currently considered a good celebrity or good celebrity media behavior is just to be kind of neutral about a lot of things, not really answering any questions. I mean, um, there's a huge trend in sports where young athletes are media trained, uh, so me so mm. media trained. You know, it's like it's crazy. Like they 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 just have the the chance to become professional when they're 16, 17 in, 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 in soccer in Europe. And, and they get trained to like answer the questions correctly, never talk bad about their teammates, never say anything that's really like can be picked up by any newspaper in a headline or something. Um, actors are always, I don't know, they, they, I feel like it's hard to really see any edge in personality those days. Mm. Um, and maybe that's just me because you, you and you know exactly that I, love my rock star to be the opposite of my life and and that's i think where my quick no came from i think it's still important especially for people whose fame is very reliant on a very young audience to behave well and to not make them think that taking drugs and drinking a lot and, and all those kind of let's say classics are good for you but at the same time i think that at a certain point it's important to have youth culture. It's, I think it's important to have rebels. I think it's important to say things that might not be politically correct. You know, um, I, I think there's there's a need for that. And and you can see that in different phases of society, there was a need for Nirvana. There was, you know, a need for like a grunge or, or punk movement or whatever. Um, so I'm a big fan of authentic people who just, who I can also disagree with who mm. i sometimes hate you know i kind of respect that but i i i, I and and you know this this topic is something that i that i care about otherwise i wouldn't be rambling so much but i don't know especially in germany i think the whole music and, and film industry is just so washed out it's so boring it's insane and arts the people in art mu- must be the the most rebellious people we have because politicians don't say a word and other people don't say a word. Art is where we can fight and where we can not like and disagree and mm-hmm. and and where we can really like, you know, I don't know, see something that is not usual in our life, something that's very opposite, a behavior where we're like, yeah, he's an artist. He mm-hmm. should do those things. He's allowed to say those things. And then we as a society can take them and and do a debate around them and you know what i mean and implement yeah. them but i think there needs to be those extremes and if even the artists are not extreme anymore yeah i i don't think that's healthy yeah. no i agree i mean i think i think for me 
the worst athletes to get a quote from or to hear from are National Hockey League players. They answer every question without saying mm. anything. They have yeah, no opinion. And I mean, yeah. a part of it is exactly the point of there's really no benefit to giving an answer that's going to be, it's only going to be detrimental because they're expected to be just play hockey, just shut up and play hockey. And I get it. Why? Like the NHL just recently, um, they banned pride tape from being used on hockey sticks. You're not allowed to use it. And a few people like the rainbow, rainbow, the rainbow tape. pride, col- the, the pride flag. Yeah, that's inc- that's insane. Yeah, because they had pride nights last year with the league and they had um, jerseys and there were some people who objected, like players who objected and wouldn't wear the jerseys and sat out of the warmups so that because it was against their faith or whatever, their beliefs. Um, so this year oh to avoid God. that, they've banned all of that. That's crazy. Yeah. That's so stupid. So it'll be interesting to see if anyone does it because a few players did speak out and said that they think it is not a good move. I don't. It, to me, it felt like they, a lot of them could have gone harder. And apparently a, a team bought a whole bunch of the tape from them. So mm. potentially we will see them use it. But I just think, I think, I think boiled down another point that you made of like people who talk about shouldn't be talking about drugs and stuff if it's for kids. I agree with that. But if they're singing about drugs and stuff, maybe that music isn't for kids. And it's up to parents to actually parent and say what kids can and cannot listen to into a certain age. To a certain age, for sure. But then I think it's also good that arts, uh, like, like art in general, gives you some kind of access to things that are simply real in this world. Um, and you kind of have to ask questions. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I don't, that's probably a really horrible example, but I know many young boys that probably saw saw naked women first in American Pie, you yeah. know, just because it's a fun movie, blah, blah, yeah. blah. But then it's like only about sex and super naked. And obviously it's stupid. Like <laughs> I probably wouldn't watch, wouldn't want to watch this with my kids. I mean, obviously no. not with my kids. Yeah. Definitely um, as an age. I have my well. kids watch it. No, no, it's awful. Um, but I still think that it's it's okay to have them listen to music. And it all comes with a certain age, naturally, yeah. I think. Yeah. And then once you turn 13, 14 in Germany, that's when you actually start exploring alcohol, which is pretty crazy. But <laughs> I don't know, you would get into like a like a like a rock or punk face or hip hop or something. I think it's so important to have this kind of culture. And I think it needs to be very diverse. And it, I think it needs to talk about topics that they that might be too difficult to understand for kids. But I think there's always this kind of subconscious energy of being rebellious. And I think it's insanely important for society. Otherwise, we're just going to be a, I, I, I don't know, an opinionless, um, not caring, yeah. you know, at yeah. all about any topic kind of society. I think you need you need those people to be those kind of warriors that expand boundaries mm. so the rest of the society can yeah. talk in between those boundaries and totally and see what we think and i think some of the really good musicians or artists are the ones who like you can listen to a song when you're 10 and a lot of what it's actually about goes right over your head 
And then you listen to it again when you're 20 and you're like, oh, that's actually what they're singing about. That's the context there. Okay. We went way over on that, but the answer is Can I say one thing? Yes. I I think, I think, I I mean, I can't back that up with, with um, any statistics and maybe people who are more into like social works and, and talk a lot with kids and then how they grow up, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I personally think that there's no music. I, I grew up in a very stable environment, socially financially from an education point of view i think there there was no way any type of music could have really gotten me on the wrong path right Uh, i think it's always a combination of different things you know um your education your parents obviously um your social surroundings i think art in my opinion should be the last little thing the last little thing of influence mm. for a young person's growing up that we should yeah. adjust or maybe you know uh, put into any boundaries i think art shouldn't have any boundaries i think you should you should take care of all the other influences and, and factors of impact to how a kid grows up yeah. and i think they're going to be safe yeah. and then they can use art to really like explore um the world agreed excellent good i don't know if you can hear my dog barking but he's buff, going buff. a little crazy Okay. Would you rather wear only uncomfortable shoes whenever you go outside or comfortable <laughs> shoes for 24 hours a day? Hey, wait, I can, what I can wear comfortable shoes. So you're either forever. wearing, you're wearing, whenever you go outside, you have incredibly uncomfortable shoes oh, okay. or you have to wear comfortable shoes, but 24 hours a day. So when I sleep, even when you sleep, when you shower, <laughs> is that then? But okay, when I shower, they would still be comfortable, right? Yeah, they're so, always comfortable. So even if they get wet, it doesn't annoy me. No, nope, they're comfortable. Yeah, I go with comfort. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I I feel like the I I know where the question's going. I just feel like the question is kind of. I mean, it's. I think it's trying to make me think that there might be a moment of discomfort, but when they're always comfortable, there is no moment of discomfort. Why would I choose the discomfortable part on the other side? Well, because even, I mean, comfortable shoes, obviously you have comfortable shoes, right? But it's yeah. still nice to take comfortable shoes off and air your actual feet out. It's not that they're uncomfortable. It's just more comfortable without the shoes. Oh, I could never be barefoot. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't think about that. I love being barefoot. <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing Ugg boots right now in my house. We discussed it on the on the previous episode. It's winter, people. And it's... <laughs> I, there's not a lot of things that I consider like an insanely good buy. But Ugg boots for your home, if you live in a cold country, game changer. Um, Free ad. But I'm, Okay, so so maybe... I have to wear uncomfortable shoes when I go outside. That also means that I can't be barefoot outside. Okay, then I go with the comfortable ones. But you can be barefoot in your house. Yeah, but that, that's not that amazing. I want to be. <laughs> I want to be. I, wanna, I don't know if you have sand in your house or grass, but that's when I would enjoy oh. being barefoot. So I go with. I go with. I, I see you want to convince me, but you know, just respect my opinion. You know my take on this. I go with comfortable shoes all all life long comfortable shoes so never air those the feet out did i don't have to because i'm always comfortable yeah but you can be more comfortable 
Without yeah, them. but I mean, this is not, nah, but this is a decent level of comfort. And you don't know. Maybe it's uncomfortable in my place. No, I know it's comfortable. I've been there. <laughs> Barefoot. I don't know why you want to convince me to wear uncomfortable Because shoes I have the outside. same opinion. Oh. Because <laughs> you're right. Because it's boring again. That's what Yeah, exactly. Because you're okay. right. Of course. Yeah, maybe try to find questions that we can actually disagree on. <laughs> It's, it's always I've tried that we can disagreeing on <laughs> that we can disagree on are always just something stupid like food or drink related. Yeah, that's true. Like, but my uh, non-alcoholic peach beer, you still refuse to oh have anything God. to do with that peach beer. I, I don't want to get into it again. No, let's not. Let's move on. We got to the bottom of that. Question number four. Should community, wait, how did I write this? Should community service be given to criminals of nonviolent crime as opposed to jail time? Sorry, can you say that again? Yes. Should community service be given to criminals of nonviolent crime as opposed to jail time? So basically, all nonviolent crime would be met with community service instead of prison time mm -hmm. so um non-violent is, is that non-physical violence i guess it's yeah. targeting i mean like financial crimes and would be okay would be community so they, they wouldn't be violent yeah i think that I, I mean my gut feeling would be like yeah because i don't believe in just putting a human away and hope that this changes something I think society society can benefit from social service. Obviously, that needs to be well planned, well maintained, well structured, right? So that that is not just like an easy way out. Let's say, right? It should actually be beneficial for society. But I think I believe that you could reach those structures. But I think the problem that I'd have is that maybe it would be too soft of a punishment for certain crimes. So I think I would I would want to add another level of crime you know what i mean like because financial crime or like wall street crimes and like not paying tax and stuff it has maybe it doesn't have like this kind of instant violent character but it's definitely violent like as a side effect to many people um especially when people lose money that can be insanely violent right if they can't pay their rent if they have to sell things if if I don't know, they even have to live on the street because they lose money through, you know, some kind of financial bet that you consult them to do. Um, so, so I think it's just very short sighted to think that, you know, just because you don't punch someone in the face or kill someone like that's obviously really bad. And if you're, but then you can even talk about like, you know, um, do they need psychological help and treatment rather than jail time? I, I think in general, I'm just really not believing in jail time. Right. Um, I don't think a society is a lot safer just because there's another 10 people in jail and only the good ones stay. I, I, I don't really believe in that kind of system, but I think you need to differentiate again. But I'm generally pro I'm generally pro social service. So if I had to decide and I couldn't make all those adjustments, I would be I would still be pro um social service versus jail. Yeah. Okay. I disagree. Oh, I 
I think exactly to your point that uh, financial crimes like the, what the hell was the Ponzi scheme guy? Mm-hmm. What was his name? He ruined so many lives. Yeah. And someone like that needs to go away. They need to be in timeout. Like I don't use timeout with my kids, but I believe that some people do need timeouts. And mm-hmm. I think definitely the prison systems probably everywhere in the world need a little bit more uh, focus on the rehabilitation of people. Yeah. But there are people that need to just be taken out of society for a bit. Definitely a focus on the reprogramming should be there more so. But like you can just like walking down the street and getting assaulted is awful. It's terrible. It's something that probably sticks with you forever as well. It's really hard to get over probably to uh, to feel confident outside of your home and leaving and maybe going into crowds would be scary. But I think... Like you said, how many lives have been ruined by people stealing money or getting tricked into investing into Bitcoin and all these other shits that are like not not going to benefit them, only the people at the top. Um, so I think I think it's not enough that like, you know, you steal five hundred million dollars and you got to go pick up garbage and you got to go like I think there needs to be a lot more yeah. than that. I mean, I guess I agree because I wanted to make all those adjustments, right? Yeah. And acknowledge how bad it is to do these type of crimes that are like non-physically violent, at least. Um, I think we might have to define what social service is. Yeah. Um, because obviously if it's like some, some stupid task, yeah, no one benefits. I just sometimes feel like so many people get damaged by those kind of financial crimes and then it's like, is it really a benefit for you to have someone go to jail? I mean, that doesn't really impact your life. I mean, maybe the trial, right? Because they might yeah. have to pay damages to you and all that kind of stuff. But that's kind of separate. I just feel like, yeah, that's kind of separate. It's, yeah. If it's, if it's actually this kind of personal social service, then I'm with you. If like, social service can mean like... No, but maybe they. Oh, but they may, maybe they have to like with their money build houses in this in the city or something. But then that's kind of more equivalent to, you know, paying damages that yeah. the city can use to buy houses. So, yeah. yeah, I guess the only positive thing about jail is that it's really bad, and that's why people are scared of it, so they wouldn't commit crime. To deter or deterrent, but I think I also, think otherwise also- people would get help would have to get help if, yeah. if they do really bad stuff. Well, and then they also, it's, they can't recommit those crimes if they're in prison. They can't continue doing what they're doing. Yeah. No, that's true. All right. Okay. Split. Split decision. Yeah. Okay. Last question of the day. Are the Olympics a net, an overall positive for the host cities. I don't think so. I mean, I, I again, I don't have any statistics. Maybe it's a case-by-case thing, which is obviously a boring answer. But we all know those headlines and statistics about how financially damaging hosting the Olympics can be for a city. I think environmentally it can be awful. 
think they often build lots of things, lots of buildings and structures that won't really be used after. Often it's beneficial for international companies that build stadiums and not the local people. Um, I don't know how all those really negative effects can be really like balanced out or even be overtaken by very solid marketing for a place for a year and a half maybe. You know, yeah, let's say yeah. like the year prior to the Olympics, people are excited. And then maybe a few weeks after. I don't really think that people are like, oh, you know, Rio hosted the Olympics. Let's go to Rio. Nah, I, I, don't, I don't think that changes anything, no. to be honest. Um, if it's underdeveloped countries, I don't know if the, what was the last country that was really underdeveloped. I mean, Brazil you can be underdeveloped in certain parts, I guess. Yeah. But it's a, it's a big country that people yeah. know, you yeah. know. Um, I'm a huge fan of the Olympics. Uh, I love sports. I love this kind of setup that all those athletes kind of come together and, you know, kind of share this Olympic spirit and you can experience so many beautiful performances within this month or five weeks or whatever. But I think from a society, economical, ecological standpoint, it's a net loss. Yeah. I don't think you gain so much to balance this 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 really problematic you know side effects it can have right yeah i think the olympics are kind of like the world cup of soccer has become it's one of those events where i watch with one eye closed basically and have to you basically have to turn off a lot of the awful the negatives that are part of it um yeah it's such a corrupt the ioc is so corrupt everything about it is so corrupt I was listening to a podcast recently called The Dollop, where they did a deep dive on the 1984 Olympics, I believe it was, in Los mm -hmm. Angeles, and yeah. how the policies of that Olympics with the policing, you can basically draw a straight line to the 92 riots in how That's the police crazy. was given. You know, they were basically militarized a lot through that. And they created this foundation called the movement foundation or something like this that was mm -hmm. supposed to give a bunch of money back to the community afterwards. And it's to this day given out like maybe a million dollars or something like that from 1984 to 2024. That's crazy. And it's just, it's the, the, I think I did just a quick read beforehand about some of the cities that hosted Olympics. And I think, Barcelona is viewed as one of the ones that actually benefited from it because they mm -hmm. developed part of their waterfront to um, to make it more attractive. And then they were able yeah. to actually use it afterwards to have a nice place for people to live and for work. And they made like a promenade and all this nice stuff. But overall, it's like it's you get these cities that have a lot of issues that they should be using that money to deal with that then don't get dealt with. And I can speak from Vancouver's experience. I lived there right before, I moved right before the Olympics came and I was living there leading up to. And the homeless problem in Vancouver before was really bad. I mean, it's awful now. It's worse maybe than ever now. Really, really bad. But they were basically just giving people one-way bus tickets to other provinces, other towns to just get them out and busing people away and like just cleaning the city. Yeah, cleaning the city of of yeah. undesirables, and I think that goes on and on. And it, the policing, the um, it basically becomes like a martial law almost. That they're just like 
yeah, rights are kind of suspended and it's a given that you have to do whatever the IOC says you need to do to stay in line. And that's not even with the fact that most con- most cities lose money on the Olympics now. They're not making money. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think there's so many negative things about it. The The, the positive is that it's a beautiful spirit and sports can connect people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, from all other aspects, I guess it's really difficult. I mean, I, it needs to be burned to the ground and restarted in the spirit of amateur athletics. <laughs> I mean, obviously that's not going to happen and that's pure... I mean, or just make it professional. But that's not that entertaining, right? I mean, you still want to see great performances, but you, no, don't even, I, you don't have to be corrupt to show great performances. Yeah, I agree. But I think it's a part, partially it's similar to like the NCAA and college athletics where they wouldn't let athletes be paid because, but everyone oh, above was making amateur. money. Exactly, okay. exactly. I still mean the best yeah, in okay. every like 100 meter and whatever. Yeah. Um, but it's more like, okay, let these people make money outside of this. Or if you're going to make all this money, they should be getting a part of it. It's just, it's such an insane model um, mm-hmm. that, that they can do it with a straight face is crazy. Yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. And I guess, yeah, you would have to have like a sustainability concept or, I mean, maybe shared costs, you know, almost mm-hmm. like a like an Olympic tax or something yeah. and some of the biggest countries that benefited the most you know kind of pay into that part and yeah. smaller countries can maybe host it with some of that money or to kind of get on the map or i i don't know what it is and you try to include local people more that they yeah. actually benefit from it or maybe co-hosting yeah. more and it's like maybe you've got these facilities yeah. we have these facilities together we can make a full olympics or or it's got to yeah. be just cities that already have this and they just rotate yeah. who hosts it because exactly. it's insane the amount of places that get used for the Olympics and never again. Totally. And just rot. Anyways, we went over, way over on that. But I'll watch the Olympics. But <laughs> I might even go to Paris. <laughs> oh, that I will not do. I'm, I, I love the Olympics. But more it's so what, because I don't want to deal with the crowds. Yeah, I know. It's such a child and crowds in Paris are to feel even more crowded. Oh. Um, but it's just it's such a childhood memory to watching Olympics. It's just uh, I just love it. I mean, when you're at the event, the event itself is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. Everything else sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stinky. With so. this uh, positive thought, we want to let you go out in the world, spread oh. love. I've got a Don't positive hate. thought to leave with. Yeah. Let's do it. It's getting colder now. It's some people like it, some people don't. Doesn't matter. <laughs> Doesn't matter. But I I think what we can all agree on that on a cold morning, when you pour yourself that first Lavazza coffee, <laughs> you know it's gonna be a Lavazza day. And oh. you know that that means it's gonna be a good day. Oh Lavazza, I like that. A Lavazza day. It tastes of it. We're doing the whole marketing campaign for them. We come up with everything. Lavazza and and Google Lavazza, Helmut Newton, great photographer, German American. Advertising was cool at the time. Yep. Now it's stupid. Now it's now it's called call to actions and clickbaiting and and trying to trick you into subscriptions and cheap shit. 
TikToking. But it was very artsy at some point. Beautiful. Yeah. So Lavazza, Helmut Newton. Lavazza, if you listen to this, please do it again. Yeah. It's cool. I mean, it's a different time. You might not do that again in that exact fashion, but have some, I don't know, have some artistic but, expectation. But why not just rerun it again? Update the message maybe slightly, but use the visuals again. Just reuse them. Yeah. Just very female focused. It's a oh. kind of sex sales oh. campaign. Yeah. I mean, not, not like, not in a bad way. I think it's still artistic. I think many people would just be like, yeah, I mean, you're just showing pretty TNA, pretty woman with uh, coffee. I think it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I mean, re Lava update it, maybe update it with new models and more diversity, but the same vibe. Yeah. Maybe. Have a Lavazza day. Maybe don't have a Lavazza day. Ciao, ciao. Ciao. Ciao, ragazzi.